Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. No Ben Simmons, no problem for the Sixers on opening night in New Orleans. Chris Carlin, Booger McFarlane on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus in for Greeny today. As always, presented by Progressive Insurance. And all guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. Simmons was suspended for last night's season opener because of conduct detrimental to the team, not willing to even participate uh, fully engage at practice the other day, Booger. And I'll tell you, I've never seen a player go this far when showing up to force his way out. We've seen guys who just haven't shown up to try to get out of situations. But to show up and completely look remarkably disinterested and just not care to try to force your way out. I mean, you are alienating not just the front office and the fans, but you're alienating teammates. And that, that feels like it's very hard to do publicly, but it's happening right now. Yeah, it's definitely happening. And, you know, I, 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 I feel bad because I think the situation uh, is due for a divorce because I think the people in Philadelphia don't want Ben anymore. And I think Ben doesn't want to be there. And the reason I say that people don't want Ben because they've seen Ben, you know, in pressure moments, kind of mildew and, and wilt. Yeah. Okay. I had an opportunity to, to to dunk the basketball, pass the basketball, afraid to shoot three pointers. I mean, they, they literally cheer him when he shoots three pointers. Sometimes uh, his passiveness on the offensive end is not what that team needs because they thought they had two superstars, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. And right now they only have one. And Tobias Harris is trying to be a superstar because he's paid superstar money and he is not. So that leaves the 76ers in a little bit of a quandary because the process was supposed to turn out a team that could win a championship. And right now it's a team in turmoil. And and when you look at Ben Simmons, I don't think he wants to be there because he doesn't feel wanted. No. But I also, feel think, like, I also think he doesn't want to be there because he doesn't want to be there anymore when he got hammered this offseason. Booker, I, to me, he's never been a player that could handle the criticism well. And in that town, I think one of the most popular misconceptions about Philly when they talk about how hard it is to play there, they want to love you. They have given Ben Simmons every benefit of the doubt along the way here up until that one moment in the playoffs. Yeah, and, and you gotta realize Ben is what this is his what fourth or like fourth year in the, in, in the fourth NBA season where he's playing. Okay, you know, his yes. first year he sat out correct. the entire year. Correct, correct. So yeah, they've given him a little bit of leeway. I also think that Ben, um, I don't know if Ben wants to play for Doc anymore because I think if you go back and you listen to Doc Rivers' comments about can you win a championship with Ben Simmons and him playing that way, and he said, I don't know. That's not a really good vote of confidence mm. when you're a star player and you, you're, you're looked at as a guy on the same level as Joel Embiid, and you're the guy with the ball in your hands all the time. Now, let's take away all the hard feelings. Take away everything when it comes to emotional attachment. And let's look at pure basketball. What is Ben Simmons? He is a 16 guy that can defend, that can finish at the rim, that can defend. He can't shoot. So he has to fit into a team that has shooters where offense is not the dominant thing that he's going to need to bring. Those teams are, I mean, there are some teams out there. Mm. I'll tell you where he fits perfectly. He fits perfectly in Golden State. Okay. Yep. 
he, he would fit perfectly on a team where uh, shots are already being taken up. So you, you name those teams, he'll fit perfectly. I just wonder what the end game for him and Rich Paul is. Listen to Joel Embiid the other day because this – I I can't remember hearing one player talk this way about a teammate the way Embiid did on practice uh, at practice on Tuesday about Simmons. At this point, I don't care about that man, honestly. He does whatever he wants. Uh, you know, that's not my job. Uh, you know, that's those guys' jobs. Uh, you know, I'm only focused on trying to make the team better, uh, win some games, uh, you know, play hard every night, uh, try to lead, you know, the guys that we have here. Uh, and I'm sure they feel the same way because, you know, our chemistry has been excellent uh, despite, you know, everything that's been happening in the, uh, in the last few months. Uh, so, yeah, like I said, uh, I, don't, I don't really care. And I don't blame them. I really don't because when you're doing everything that you do this offseason and then it's clear that you're just showing up because you don't want to give up the money, it's tough to take. And Embiid sees a moment here. This is now his team. And it's clear that Simmons is not going to help them win a championship. You made an excellent point that he fits with Golden State. Like, I wonder what that would be like with Steph Curry and how much of that kind of stuff with Simmons he put up with, or he would just recognize the incredible talent that he has. Is Brooklyn would be another place. Like, to me, if I were the Nets, I'd try to make the Kyrie, Kyrie trade immediately. Yeah, uh, I, didn't, I, 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 I didn't think about that because I, I now— I would try to do that in a second because I think they'd lock up a championship if that was the case. Yeah, I, I think you make a great point. Again, Golden State, obviously, Steph Curry is one of the more humble— um, superstars that we have in sports. He doesn't have an ego. Kevin Durant came there, and he wasn't worried about it being, quote-unquote, my team. So Steph Curry can play with anyone in the NBA. I think he's that type of player. He makes everyone better, and he understands when it's time to take a back seat. I can because I know at the end of the day I'm the baby-faced assassin, and I can get my shots off and get ready to go whenever I need to. Brooklyn makes a lot of sense, especially with Kyrie not wanting to play um, maybe he needs to burn some more sage or something. I, I, I really have no idea what's going on with Kyrie. That's an entirely different segment, maybe even an, an entirely different show. Ben Simmons, though, if you're Philadelphia, riddle me this, if, if you're Philadelphia and you have your entire season in front of you, are you better off accepting a deal that is a little less of, of value for Ben to move on with your life and move on with your season? Or are you going to be hell-bent on holding out for an all-star type player, which is what's, what it sounds like that Daryl Morey wants? What would you do if you were them? At this point, i got to get this guy off my team. Either that or I'm telling him to stay home because you're not playing for me. If I have to technically pay you, I will. But how is this going to work? Like When he plays in his first game, how's that going to work? I, I, is he going to go out there and – play with less effort, I think that's a possibility. It's clear. We heard reports yesterday. He's willing to do whatever it takes to get out of town. He was practicing with a cell phone. He got kicked out of a defensive drill. Do you think he's willing to sabotage a game? Yes. Uh, I, I don't think there's any doubt. And if I were them, I'm not worried as much about the return anymore. Now, I'd be hesitant to trade him to a team like Brooklyn just because it's helping them potentially win a championship. But, you know, if you could get the Kyrie situation ironed out, maybe I'd do that. But 
I, I just, I don't want to give Ben Simmons what he wants. I'd love to try to trade him to some place where he has no interest in being. If I could, yeah, but that's point. yeah, but that's being very spiteful. By yes, you it there. is, and I'm I a spiteful individual. That's true. I didn't figure you to be a spiteful individual who started dating in the early 1970s, who was kind of the guy, like you know, like the BMOC. And now, fast forward, what is that, 50 years now that you're almost 70, now you got a lot of spite in your heart. I didn't, I didn't figure you was that guy. The older you get, the more grudges you hold. That's the way it's always been in my family. So that's kind of how it goes. And that's what I'm counting on. So, yes, I have no problem holding a grudge. It's Chris Garland and Booger McFarlane in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus, presented by Progressive Insurance. Cars, homes, boats, motorcycles, RVs, and more at Progressive.com. Up next, that was a heck of an opener between the Knicks and Celtics last night. What does it tell us about the Knicks in 2021? 22 this season. You know what I'm saying. It's next. ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. Greeny, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists, like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Drives the word. Got a little dicey at the end of regulation, but that was a good win for the Knicks to start the season. Celtics did everything they could down the stretch to get back into it. Chris Carlin, Booger McFarland, in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. According to Forbes, companies are working to fill millions of jobs in an epic hiring spree. Where do they turn? ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter's technology finds qualified candidates and makes it easy to invite your top choices to apply. Try it free today at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. And, you know, Booger, listen, defensively, it fell apart at the end of regulation that 
allowed the Celtics to tie the game up with Marcus Smart in a three. But the Knicks last night, uh, in, a, in being able to win that game, showed that they will be a better team offensively because of having more than one option in Julius Randle. That's going to make such a big difference for them this year. Well, I think that was the biggest thing. I, I remember watching the Knicks last year against, I think it was the Hawks in the playoffs, mm-hmm. and they just struggled to score the football, I mean, score the basketball, where every time down the down the court, it was isolate Randall one-on-one, and he's not a great one-on-one player, but it was isolate him because he's their best player and let him try to go make a move. It was just hard offense to watch, almost reminiscent of what it was like watching the Lakers uh, or the Cavs when, when LeBron was playing without a superstar next to him. And so, you know, when I'm watching that, and, and then you watch last night, if Evan Fournier is going to give you that mm. or something close to that every night that they play, then, oh, yeah, because of their tough, hard-nosed defense that, con- that Coach Tom Thibodeau preaches, because of their mental toughness that Tom Thibodeau preaches, you know what you're going to get from this team on the defensive end, you know what you're going to get just from a mentally stuff, uh, tough standpoint. And here's the deal. If you can get some semblance of a consistent offense where you can average, I don't know, 108, 110, 111, they're going to be really, really tough to beat on a night in and night out basis because they already are. The only question mark you have is who's the second scorer and can Julius Randle consistently deliver year in and year out because last year was his breakout season. Well, look, Evan Fournier can – can roll out of bed and score 20. That can happen. And I thought it was incredibly important for him to come out and make an early impact. I didn't expect this. Right, exactly. I didn't expect this. But I I did hope that you could have another offensive option. And when you look at what happened last year, he gets COVID after he gets traded to the Celtics, and he just didn't play well down the stretch of the season, didn't shoot it well, and he didn't shoot it well in the preseason – I was a little bit concerned that that could be a problem, but I thought it was exceptionally important for him to get out like he did, and it was exceptionally important for Randall because you touched on it there a second ago. The Hawks did everything, ran everybody at Julius Randall in that series, and he was awful, and understandably so. When you've got two and three guys on you every trip, it's going to be impossible, especially after the season that he had to really do anything. And there were no other answers. If you're talking last night about Reggie Bullock, who would have been in place of Fournier last year, uh, still there, and they don't have Fournier, they don't win that game. They don't score the basketball like that. There's absolutely not. Can they do that? And they're going to have some defensive lapses like we saw. Because Fournier's not a great defender, and Kemba Walker has the knee issues, and he's never been a great defender. But the offensive addition, I think we saw last night, and it's one game, I'm not getting nuts here, I do think will outweigh the the slight defense that you're going to give up in situations. Well, you know, what I would say to that is is that who's going to be the three scorers every night? Traditionally in, in the NBA, you got to have three guys. Yep. Okay. If you don't believe me, just go back and look at the Lakers opening night. AD scored 33 34. LeBron had 33 34. The Lakers lost because they didn't have another guy in double figures. Okay. So who's going to be your third guy? Who's going to be the third scorer on this team? If we feel like Julius Randle is our horse and we, can, and, and we can get a walking 20 piece from Evan Fournier, can you, con- can you consistently count on? R.J. Barrett, 
I mean, he didn't give you nothing in the first half. He had 19 after halftime last night. That is not the consistency that you look for from a guy that traditionally is going to be the primary ball handler. It has to be him. Right. It has to be him. And look, whatever. Why not Kimba, though? It can be, but like Kimba, all right, if we're talking about 18 to 20, it could be, but it's more important that it's Barrett than Kemba. Like, I need Kemba's leadership here. I need him to, to go and score between 12 and 15. I need R.J. Barrett to be somebody that is developing into – Not, I don't think he's ever going to be a superstar, but I think he gets the possibility of being a star player. He was the third overall pick. This has to be the season that that happens because some of the pressure should be off, and he also – should be developing better by now. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I think with a guy like Barrett, um, with his body style, I, I would love to see him play a little big boy f- basketball. Okay? Um, it doesn't always have to be about the jumper. Mm. Go down in, in the mid-range, go down in the post, take these guards down there, because Barrett is a – just looking at I don't know how much he weighs. I never stood next to him, but if you just watch him on TV – you get the sense that he's a bigger guard. Like he, he certainly some... looks bigger now. Exactly. Like his body has absolutely gotten bigger this offseason. Exactly. So take some of these little dudes down there on, on the low post. All right? You don't always have to be a, a guy that's going to go, you know, seven for ten from three to have a good game. Go in the low post. Get a team in foul trouble. Get your man in foul trouble. We saw some of the greatest players alive. Uh, Michael Jordan early on. LeBron James. When they didn't have a jumper, they still gave you 35 a night because they understood how to manufacture offense by going down in the low post, using what you have, which is your skill set and your body down on the block. I think R.J. Barrett can do the same thing. Why wouldn't he do that? I'm not sure. And if you look at the, if you look at the pace that they like to play with, yeah, come playoff time, this, it's going to be a slow, grinded-out game. That would fit in. So now you can run a little two-man game with Barrett and Randall. You can have uh, Fournier on the opposite side. Like You can do different things from an offensive standpoint, which is ultimately, I think, what we're always going to question about the Knicks is their offense. So I'm just trying to figure out a way where we can manufacture and create some spacing, create some offense. That way it's not the grinded out, pull your eyeballs out of the socket offense we saw (laughs) against the Hawks last year. Up next, the biggest job that is open in college sports right now is a pretty darn good one. Is it even better than some NFL jobs? We get to that. And the role that culture plays when you're considering bringing in a player. Can Deshaun Watson help your culture, or is he a lot more likely to hurt it given everything holding over him? We'll discuss next on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happened in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you 
to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Gave me an opportunity when nobody else really was. I wouldn't be here without Coach O. And our relationship will continue for, for the rest of our lives. I love, I love the man. I love the coach. And do you plan on coaching next year? No. So this will be it at LSU for Ed Orgeron. So what's next for LSU and where does this job rank? It's Chris Carlin and Booger McFarlane on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus in for Greeny today. It's week eight in college football. Saturday on ESPN and ESPN Radio, we've got number four Alabama hosting Tennessee in Tuscaloosa, 7 p.m. This college football preview brought to you by Cross Country Mortgage. From home buying to refinancing, Cross Country Mortgage is dedicated to getting it done. Visit them at ccm.com. All right, Booger, you're obviously... Very tied in to LSU. So, first of all, give me your thoughts on the fact that this will be Ed Orgeron's final year in Baton Rouge. Well, I, I think the proof has been in the pudding um, since LSU won a national championship. I, I think the program has not lived up to standards. I want to say that Coach O is 9-8 and eight since that national championship. Uh, and it's not just the on-the-field um, Stuff. It, it's some of the off-the-field issues that have gone on behind the scenes, which has been well-documented without going into detail here. And so LSU, regardless of what the name of the head coach has been, the last three head coaches, has, they have won a national championship. And Ed Ogeron is a part of that group. And I have to say thank you. Uh, I think everyone in Louisiana, everyone at LSU have to say thank you for him, for what he did, for what he's doing now. But the bottom line is really, really simple. LSU is not a program that mediocrity is ever going to be uh, welcomed. Uh, we're not going to accept it. And when you're 9-8 and eight over a two-year period since you win a national championship, regardless of COVID and the restrictions, regardless of the opt-outs, it just doesn't cut it. So um, while I, I feel for Coach O, I think we all realize this is a big boy business. This is a bottom line business, and it's win and win at a very, very high level, or you go home. And Scott Woodward, the AD, has made the decision to send Coach O home. Okay, so we heard Paul Feinbaum say that this is the best job in college football, he believes. At least I heard that yesterday, if I heard that right. So where does this job rank right now? I, I'm taking into account that you might be a little bit biased here, but... <laughs> You know, you've got other jobs that are going to be open, like USC. Where does this job rank in terms of the best jobs? Well, let's take a look at it. What is the lifeblood of any college program? It's recruiting. Yep. So any job you name, let's look at the recruiting competitors that you have. USC is open, but you got to recruit against UCLA. you got to recruit against Cal. you got to recruit against other schools in that state. You name a program look around the state and name the other power five division one schools in that state. Well, you go to LSU and you look around the state of Louisiana and there's only one, there's only one big boy in the state mm -hmm. and that's LSU. 
Uh, not only is it only one big boy in the state, you are amongst the most fertile recruiting grounds in the United States of America. So you couple those two things together. Then you couple the fact, which I've already stated, the last three coaches have won a national championship there for the reasons I listed before this. Then you look at the job and say, what is the downside of the job? What is the downside of being the LSU head coach? You know what it is? It's the expectations. Because the job is that good, the resources are that plentiful. Now you got to deal with a few politics, but guess what? When you when you are at a major institution around the country, you're going yeah. to deal with political things everywhere you go. But I do think, for the reasons I've listed, you tell me, Chris. Since since I'm a little biased, since I'm a little uh, homerish based on my purple and gold that's running through my veins, <laughs> based on what I told you just now, where would you rank the job? I'm not going to rank it. You rank it. I would rank the job probably third in the country. I think behind, uh, behind Alabama, and I would put it behind Ohio State just slightly, just slightly. Now, is this, the, is this because of where Alabama is now winning national championships, or is this because you think that Sands national title, Sands Nick Saban, that, Al, that the Alabama job was still that type of job even when they were hiring no, the I, likes of Mike Dubow and, and Mike Price and those guys? No, I mean, let's call it what it is. Between, you know, really between Gene Stallings and Nick Saban, there was a massive hole that got filled back up. I don't, I don't think there's any doubt. But if we are going, and, and you're right, there have been three different coaches who have done it. Stallings did it there. Um, obviously, Bear Bryant did it there. I think it's just slightly ahead. Now, now this is not an uninf- uninformed opinion because a, a couple of years ago I visited both, um, was, do, was doing some work in, in college football, and I, I think we're, we're – nitpicking a little bit. We're, we're really just splitting hairs when we talk about jobs at this level. But I look at Ohio State right now and the consistency that they've operated with, and it's right there with those other two programs. But And the other thing, too, is you're not consistently having to recruit against all of those other SEC schools. You're, you're recruiting for top talent, but you're not necessarily going into the same areas. I think it's a little more open for Ohio State in that regard, especially in the Northeast. But that aside, you can make the argument that LSU and those other schools are they're better jobs than some NFL jobs. Would you rather be the head coach at LSU or the head coach of the Detroit Lions? Would you rather be the head coach at LSU or the Raiders head coach right now? Am I wrong uh-huh. about that? Well, when you throw out the Raiders, based on what we knew know now over the last couple well, of weeks. Well, th- that aside, <laughs> but I mean in general. <laughs> well, yeah, well, he, he, here's the thing. You can have longevity, I think, at these colleges, especially if you go in and do it right. You look at Nick Saban, how long he's been in Alabama. Mm-hmm. Look at Les Miles, how long he was at LSU. Uh, you look at Lincoln Riley, Bob Stoops, how long the, 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 that they had separate tenures at Oklahoma. Urban Meyer, now Ryan Day. Uh, Brian Kelly at Notre Dame. Like, if you do it right and you ingratiate yourself with your administration and you recruit the right way and you handle your business on the field and you're a consistent winner, I think most fan bases realize that you're not going to win a national championship every year unless you're Alabama. Uh, Or the expectation is not there to win it every year unless you're Alabama. 
you can't go out and, man, you give me nine, ten wins, and then the occasional, you know, we get the right mixture of guys and, and we're in the college football playoff, most fan bases will be happy. So, yes, LSU is a job that has a ton of expectations. It is a job that um, eight, nine wins is not good enough consistently. You need to be winning 10, 11 ball games, playing on the precipice of the SEC title game, the college football playoff. That's what the fan base expects. Now, guess what? We'll pay you $9 million a year to do it, Mm -hmm. okay? We'll make you one of the highest-paid coaches in America to do it. You're going to get all the benefits that come with the state of Louisiana, the great food, the great southern hospitality, Mm. and the most plentiful recruiting bed outside of California and Florida, maybe Georgia. But they're all right there together. But with that comes the expectations. And I think that's where Coach O fell short. And I find it interesting, and you tell me this, Chris, if you looked at it the same way. They asked Coach O in the middle of October, is he coaching next year? And he immediately said no. I deciphered that as saying, here's a guy who is satisfied. And when you become satisfied, you become mediocre. I don't care who you are. And I think that ultimately defines where we are because he's satisfied with the national championship. He's satisfied with what he's done at LSU. And and guess what? That's okay. He is at a point in his life right now where he's made more money than he probably ever dreamed of. He'll be able to buy all the hamburgers he can get, (laughs) but he's ready to, at least for next year, not coach. All right, but is is he satisfied or resigned to his situation and just wants to take a step back from it for a little bit. Because that's kind of more the way that it sounded yeah. to me. Okay. I didn't, I didn't hear it that way. I heard the immediate response to me was, I'm satisfied, I'm going to get my $17 million, and I'm not coaching next year. That's what I heard. Now, if I'm wrong, you know what? I'll be a big boy and accept that. It just came across, and I, 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 I took it a step further, and I equated that with the 9-8 record since the championship mm. with a, maybe some of the mediocre play that's gone on, and maybe I'm putting two and two together. And for me, it's four, when in, in reality, for, it, for others, it may be five. But that's kind of the way I see it. It is Chris Carlin and Booger McFarlane in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. So who should the next coach be at LSU? We get to that in 30 seconds. First up, though, my family's protected. Is yours? If you don't have life insurance, listen up, because I'm going to tell you about how to knock a big item off your to-do list this week. You don't just want anyone for this. You need a pro, and that's why you need Select Quote. For over 35 years, Select Quote has helped people save 50% or more by shopping highly rated insurance carriers. Check this out. Select Quote found a 40 year old guy with high blood pressure, a 10 year $500,000 policy for only $19 a month. That's right, $19 a month. Seriously, that's nothing to be able to protect your family and all you have worked for. You'll be surprised how affordable a policy can be. Plus, quotes at Select Quote are free and take only minutes. Do me a favor. Take a couple of minutes to get your free quote. That's 800-881-6868 that you need to call right now. 800-881-6868. Go to selectquote.com. That's selectquote.com or call 800-881-6868. Full details on sample policy and carrier ratings, selectquote.com slash commercials. Price could vary by health, issuing company, and other factors not available in all states. Booger, I don't know how you feel about this. I think if their first call 
isn't to Joe Brady, I think LSU's, I don't want to say making a mistake unless it's to Urban Meyer, something like that, but Joe Brady feels to me like he should be the next coach at LSU. Yeah, I completely disagree. And, okay. And and before I disagree, I would love to hear you say why it should be Joe Brady. And don't, and don't tell me mm-hmm. just because he can call plays because calling plays doesn't, does not make you a great recruiter. Mm-hmm. Calling plays does not make you a leader of men. Calling plays does not allow you to be able to stand in front of a collegiate fan base or a collegiate group of boosters and be able to, as Mac Brown and Bobby Bowden, the late great Bobby Bowden did for so long, be able to kind of rah-rah the boosters and get the money flowing. So – why would Joe Brady be a great candidate for this job? To me, it's about a couple of things. Number one, he obviously understands the landscape there. He understands what the expectations are, and he understands all of those aspects of it because he has seen it up close and personal. Number two, he has it really doesn't have much to do with calling police. He's been there at a point where it was an incredibly successful program. They win a championship with him, so he knows what that looks like at LSU. And I think institutional knowledge, not just from a standpoint of the school itself, but of the entire landscape, of the recruiting landscape, all of that is invaluable when it comes to that stuff. Those are the two big ones for me. And listen, is he a very good offensive coach? I think we can say he is. Yeah, he's a good offensive coach, but you you didn't mention anything about recruiting. So I, I guess I just said he somebody. understands the the landscape of the recruiting situation down yeah, there. Yeah, understanding it and having the ability to go do it are two different things. And I, I think the biggest reason why I would disagree mm. is LSU is not at a point where they want to take a chance. Okay, remember, let's go back to 1970. Let's bring this full circle. 1970. You were a little snotty-nosed high school kid. Uh, <laughs> Why is it 1970? It was 1990. Because I think you're 70 years. Well, I think you're 70. <laughs> I'm, okay? not, I'm like three years older than you or four years older than you. I, I, need, to, I need to Wikipedia or something like that. Um, I think that there was a young lady that took a chance on you, Okay. She was at a point in her life where she could take a chance and, okay, if, if you bombed out and, and you didn't have any table manners, she could move on. She had plenty of time. LSU doesn't have time because they don't want to fall behind. See, LSU was at a point where they lost for six straight years, and then in 1995, Jerry Donato got there, and he, quote-unquote, brought back the magic. He got the number one player in the state in Kevin Falk. He signed a little short, squatty nose tackle from Winsboro, Louisiana, named McFarland. Mm-hmm. And LSU, the program was turned around. Uh, he couldn't quite get it over the finish line, but Nick Saban did, and LSU has been rolling ever since. So they can't afford to take time and go backwards. So taking a chance is not what Scott Woodward and LSU are going to do. This, the next coach of LSU is going to be a big game hunter, so to speak, a big name. He's going to be able to recruit. He's going to be able to, um, able to get the fan base um, all behind him. And more importantly, he will be a guy that I think you could stick in front of a microphone or a podium and he will represent the state of LSU, excuse me, the state of Louisiana and LSU to the fullest. That's just my opinion based on what I see. If you ask me the criteria of the next head coach, that's what I would give you. The name is irrelevant, okay? It's, it doesn't have to be Dabo or Lincoln Riley. You find me a guy that can recruit, that can galvanize the fan base, 
and that can be a leader of men, that's, there's your next head coach. This is Greeny brought to you live from the Seaport District of Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. The name doesn't matter, but do you think that any of what has gone on from with Urban Meyer this year has taken some of the shine off of the possibility of trying to big him, bring him back to a big-time program like LSU? Uh, yes. Um, I don't think LSU... If we'll go down gave, that road. Well, here's the thing. Urban Meyer is a huge name. He's won at a very, very high level on, uh, collegially. But do you want to deal with what comes with Urban Meyer? Are you willing to sell your soul, uh, so to speak, to win? I don't know. I can't answer that question. I'm not making this hire. I know if it were me, I wouldn't make the hire of Urban Meyer based on I – mean, I mean, think about it. Everywhere he's been, Utah, Florida, Jackson, like everywhere he's been, when he, when he left, there was a little bit of something going on yeah. when he left. Yep. I don't, I don't know if I want that at, at LSU. As a fan, nor if I were the AD. All right, I'm going to throw two at you. I know the name doesn't matter, but I'm throwing them out there anyway. I'm going to throw two at you that I haven't heard. First of all, Kirby Smart. What about Kirby Smart? Kirby Smart, I think to Kirby that would be a lateral move, uh, and here's why. I, I think Georgia is in a very similar situation as LSU. Georgia is really the big dog in the state of uh, state of Georgia. Yeah, I get it. You got Georgia Tech there in Atlanta, but it, it's all about the Bulldogs. Okay, mm. Kirby Smart can he he is a he is a great recruiter. He is on a great recruiting uh, piece of property there. Um, Kirby understands how to win. Like he fits the criteria, but Georgia has also given him everything that he wants in a state that has very similar resources that that Louisiana has. So I think Kirby would view that as a lateral move. Plus. Having played against Kirby, I know Kirby wants to finish what he started. And he hasn't finished winning a national championship at Georgia, so I think Kirby, even if he were offered the job, he wouldn't take it. You know what's coming next. Lane Kiffin. Lane is interesting because um, he's a lightning rod man. Mm. He is a great offensive coach. You're talking about firing up a fan base. Lane Kiffin would fire him up. Firing up a fan base. Not sure of how great of a recruiter he is, but could you put Lane Kiffin in front of the people in Louisiana and deal with whatever you got to deal with based on or after you just dealt with Coach O and some of the things that you dealt with off the field? I don't know if you could sell that. Um, It it would be buzzy. (laughs) It would be um, headlining. But would would it work? Not sure. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Plus. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.